magic makers, welcome back to Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. I am your host, Kelsey Foremost, copywriting expert, marketing educator, and mental health advocate. And if you're new here, welcome. I am so excited to be kicking off 2023 with exciting new conversations with entrepreneurs who are both just a wealth of information, not only about business and being an entrepreneur and building a not just career, but life that you love, that feels fulfilling, where you can't wait to show up and give your gift to the world every day, but also entrepreneurs who pay particular attention to mental health and creating a career for themselves that is consistent and sustainable. I think a lot of times when we get into business for ourselves, we forget that we need to set our lives up in such a way where we can continue to do the work and continue to show up fully as ourselves in a sustainable way. When we do that, we really minimize our risk for burnout. We minimize our risk of showing up in an inauthentic way. Um, There's just so much to be said about taking our time with how we come to our work and with making, um, with setting intention when we show up, not just in our work, but in our lives, because work is part of our lives. It's one of the many cogs in the wheel that makes up our life experience. So all that said, I am so excited to bring you this conversation with my new friend, Whitney Eckes. I was on her podcast, Under the Influence, last year at the end of 2022, and almost immediately after we stopped recording for her podcast, I was like, girl, we got to get you on my podcast, Find Your Magic, because she is so, so great at quickly identifying things that will help you immediately. And one of the reasons for that is she is a bona fide marketing guru. She has her own agency called Ekis Marketing. It's a creative communications agency out of my hometown, San Diego. Um, She's worked with brands like, (laughs) no big deal, Marriott, Red Bull, SoulCycle, um, Kendra Scott, just like insane brands that have come to her for her expertise. But what was really cool and what we talk about in this episode is she put her money where her mouth was, quite literally. And when the pandemic hit, her agency lost 75% of the revenue that they were getting pre-pandemic. And she had to quickly pivot and really make some hard decisions and figure out if she wanted to continue her entrepreneurial journey or if she wanted to go a totally different direction in her life. And I think a lot of us can really identify with that moment of being faced with a external circumstance, whether it be like a job that we no longer want to be in or a pandemic or um, like a business partner, like something that comes at us that forces us to go inward and really evaluate, do I want to continue on this path that I am on? And if so, how can I do that in a way that actually supports me in a way that's actually fun? Because a lot of us, 
we forget about the fun and how important that sense of joy is. When you're your own boss, why wouldn't you set yourself up to have fun each day in your life? So back to Whitney. So she has this marketing company. She was forced to pivot. And in that moment, she acquired a brand called Get Super, which is an instant coffee brand infused with hemp. And she did that because she was on her own mental health journey with anxiety, with depression. And one of the things that was really helping her was CBD. So, you know, disclaimer, neither one of us are doctors. Um, that is her personal experience, all the disclaimers about CBD, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can learn more about the exact ingredients and in get super on her website, WhitneyEckes.com. But what I really want to get down to is she turned something that was, you know, could potentially be seen as negative anxiety, depression, took what was working for her in her journey therapy, CBD, changing how she approached her life holistically with sleep and nutrition and really taking a look at everything that was contributing to her wellness and using this brand that she acquired as a case study for her own marketing expertise. And she just got into Urban Outfitters as of like the the day that we recorded this, January 3rd. So she, in a couple of years, has turned that brand into an absolute powerhouse. And I don't think it's an accident that it came from a place of, you know, if you look at that and you think like marketing agency and then also an instant coffee brand on paper, that seems like not really related but when you look at her story and you look at what's important to her and what she wants to put out into the world, it makes perfect sense. And then the last thing I want to say about Whitney, you guys should absolutely check out her podcast. It's called Under the Influence. Ahem, my episode is pretty great. I'm not going to lie. So maybe start with the episode that I'm on. And there on that podcast, she talks to other entrepreneurs um, who are really focused on creating an impact in their communities. And she really is looking at the power of influence. Where do you have influence and how can you use it for good? I absolutely love what she's doing with that. Again, the podcast is called Under the Influence. So this conversation that we have today, we are going to be covering so many things. Her recipe for uh, creating a successful brand looking at whether a brand should be personal or whether it should just be a business brand, um, looking at how to pivot when something goes quote unquote wrong and really trying to come at the solution with intention. And then finally, at the end of the conversation, which is my favorite part, because inevitably by the end of the conversation, we get to the deep mental health stuff, which as you know, if you've listened to this podcast is where I really love digging deep um, with people because it's different for everyone. And we really get into letting ourselves be bored as entrepreneurs, letting ourselves have open space, not filling it with busy work or anxious thoughts or numbing out with social media or Netflix or whatever, pick your poison, but actually really being present and not filling the silence. Because inevitably, when you don't 
fill the silence with nonsense, the most incredible ideas are finally able to crystallize and come forward. So get ready, buckle up. This is such an exciting conversation, such an important conversation. Thank you genuinely for being here. I absolutely love, love, love this podcast and the community that it's created. I'm so grateful for you. Let's kick off 2023 right. I'm pumped. Let's talk to my friend, Whitney Eckes. Whitney, I'm so grateful that you are on Find Your Magic today. I had such a great time on your podcast, Under the Influence. So I feel like this is a continuation of what already is a great conversation. Absolutely. And I loved having you on the show. It was such, you're just such a breath of fresh air. Ah, shucks. Thanks. (laughs) Well, ditto. You are such a breath of fresh air and you're also one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. And I really wanted to bring you on because if somebody came across Whitney Eckes on social media, on the internet, they would see like such a well-curated, beautiful brand, and yet you do so many different things. And I feel like a lot of people who come to me for copywriting help struggle with exactly that. So I would love to start there because you are a branding expert. That's literally your spiel and your job. So talk to us a bit about, I mean, this is such a huge topic, but like how you're able to do so many different things and yet still have them feeling like one cohesive brand, one cohesive um, purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it looks that way, but it wasn't always built with that intention. Um, so, I mean, when I went to start the agency five years ago, I already, I had already come from this background of like, working in social media and working with major brands, whether it was Red Bull or Hilton or Marriott. And so when I leaned into the agency, I also knew that like, I wanted to, I had to kind of angle my own expert positioning and I kind of had to angle what I was really interested in. And from there, it kind of umbrellaed into my own personal brand. And then there was the agency. And then with the introduction of Get Super, Get Super was also kind of this stem of, who I am because of my diagnosis with anxiety and depression, but also because it's also a case study to what I can do for a brand. Mm. Um, and it kind of links, you know, my personal self, the agency, and then now this new product-based business all into one circle or one cohesive brand. So this year it's actually funny too, because working on kind of my own content of terms of like what I'm personally putting out on social media and how I'm really driving that conversation and marketing what we can do has actually moved up to the forefront because before I was so consumed with building both businesses. Mm. And now I'm kind of redefining that focus and really coming in and leaning in tight to what is Whitney, I guess, what is the offering? And then what are all these different things? Because it does, you know, at times it can feel very convoluted, feel very busy, feel like she's doing too much. And I get constantly asked that question, but in reality, it's, it's doable and it makes sense for who I am and what I do because they all kind of intermix and marry each other. I love that. And before we hit record, I was telling Whitney that what I really wanted to talk about was the messy middle of building the things. And I think that 
we very often we see entrepreneurs that we really admire and it looks like they've already got it all figured out and it's so clean and it's so um it's so well flushed out that we think how could i ever get there and it really comes down to exactly what you said which is just asking the question over and over again who is Whitney Eckes or mm-hmm. what is this brand and not being afraid to re-examine because I think a lot of us get caught in that, like, well, I've built this thing. This is what people expect. And I have to execute. I just have to keep churning that or people won't like me. People won't trust yeah. me. Do you, does that resonate? Yeah. I think that like, <clears throat> if we're, if we're speaking from like a entrepreneurial perspective, it's interesting how founders and entrepreneurs, there's so many different verticals of ways in which they market themselves. Some want to be behind the curtain. Some don't want to have any personal brand whatsoever. And that's great that whatever works best for you, maybe you work better that way. For me, I guess marketing was my last name. Yeah, Like I, I have been on in the spotlight since then. And I've also realized, you know, things like the podcast things like, you know, building up my own social media audience, were these were these were marketing tools and tactics to help grow the agency but then also to to angle myself as this expert to build validity on both ends of the brands mm-hmm. and same thing with get super like get, get super it's funny because we launched or we started working on get super i acquired the brand in 2020 and then we started working on it and we launched in 2021 and it was to date one of our best case studies of brands from conception to rebrand to reformulation to entry again of the market Mm -hmm. and that whole launch. And that was also a great way to market not only myself as this branding expert or this marketing expert, but also too, as the agency, because the team worked on everything as well. So I think, sorry, (laughs) I'm hearing that and I'm going, okay, I want to go back to two things. One is that list you just said of conception, rebrand, relaunch. Mm -hmm. Can you say that again? Those five, yeah, those five so, things. Yeah. I, let me, let me rethink it. Yeah. So we, we, acquired, <laughs> we, acquired, we acquired the company. Um, we reformulated it, rebranded it, rebranded it, re-entered it into the market. Meaning like we kind of, there was already sales and people were already buying the product as it was, mm-hmm. but we kind of wanted to reignite that fire and kind of have this launch strategy. And so then we launched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we did. I love that. And then the second piece of that, cause I was hearing that and going like, oh my gosh, we all need to do that for ourselves, no matter what it is we're marketing, no matter what it is we're building. Um, and sometimes that rebranding or that rethinking of what it is might be very small, might be like little tweaks, like one degree tweaks that make a big difference, or they Mm -hmm. might be huge rebrands. Right. But the second thing that struck me in my gut and my anxiety in my own brain was like, oh my God, the courage to be like, well, I'm going to make this thing a case study to see if I can actually like do what I say that I can do. Cause that's scary. That's it like- is. <laughs> and like, here's the thing, like, like hindsight's always 2020, 20, right? Like I can look back 
and say that all of these things were like the perfect magic secret sauce that I had planned out from top to bottom, but it wasn't like that. Like we mm-hmm. had in 2020, we lost 75% of our marketing business. We Whoa. lost all of our hospitality and that was primarily all of our business. We were pivoting to go into CPG and direct to consumer during 2020. And it required a lot of pivoting and changing. During that time, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Because and of course. Because I, I was revamping my entire life. I actually found out to, you know, trigger warning, but there was so many mental health just diagnosis in my family that wasn't openly discussed. So there was a lot of just that genetically that was going on and what I was walking through. And basically how Get Super even came to fruition is I was dropping liquid CBD into my coffee every morning because they were like, you need to lay off the caffeine. I'm like, that is the only thing that I want every single morning. Like that is the one thing that is just my routine and my ritual and I crave and it makes me so happy. Yeah. And so I was adding CBD to counter effect the, basically the triggers and the side effects of all the caffeine. Long story short, this company, I was bugging them for marketing. They were like, we're going to sell they had this low ball offer. I took it, acquired the brand. And I was like, well, now what? Like now wow. I have a company. Wow. So, what yeah. a case of like leaps of yeah. faith after leaps of faith. Damn. And it also too, like when you're, I think when you're at it's such a rock bottom point, like we all were in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. that, there's that bit of like just being naive and that kind of like, well, there's only, there, we're only going to go up. Like, yeah. Like what else could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. This doesn't make any money. It's not, it's already not making money. The other agencies are not making money, but at least I can have fun. And at least we can have this moment to work on something that we feel really passionate about. And I felt passionate about hemp infused instant coffee. And so I think again, like looking back, it's like, there was this gorgeous, plan that it all looks to be beautifully put together but in the time people are like how the hell sorry I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss no please curse away how are how are you allowed or you know why are you buying a company right now in the midst of all of this and again it was it was more or less something too where when we launched in 2021 the the feedback and the amount of business that I brought into the agency was unlike anything else I mean we we doubled our revenue. And then from there, we've had consistent growth in the agency month over month, year over year, just because I think Get Super gave us our credibility and direct to consumer and CPG products, especially Mm -hmm. from an agency that was like, you know, just getting into it, being able to finesse all of that and build it up and really launch it the right way was, was an awesome case study for us to have. Well, and what's really interesting to me thinking as an entrepreneur, um, a service-based provider, Um, because copywriting is a service, branding and marketing is a service, but you're selling a physical CPG direct-to-consumer product. Mm -hmm. What strikes me is there is often, and tell me if you've experienced this, I'm sure you have, there is a disconnect between like what the client comes to you wanting and them being willing to implement your prescription, essentially, like as a marketing person, you look at a brand and then you prescribe a course of action, right? Just like a doctor prescribes medicine, you prescribe a course of action to get them to their desired vision. Same deal with me as a copywriter. I meet with my client. I 
I do a lot of mental health work with them, honestly, of like, what's the truth of what you want to say in the world? How do you want to show up? It's often very jarring. And sometimes people don't want to take my prescription. They don't want to write in the way that I tell them is going to resonate with the people that want to pay them. What's interesting to me about Get Super is you were your own client and took your own prescription and that then became the case study to show other people, if you take this medicine, then it will make you better, right? So what's so yeah. funny to me is like, you were able to see so much success because you weren't having to deal in many ways with a, a client who wasn't willing to take your advice. Yeah, I mean... A thousand, a thousand percent. And again, it's, it's always different when I think an entrepreneur like myself or you, we have a very, um, special service, right? We have a very specialized skill set. So, you know, it's funny because this actually this last year, I spent a lot of time in this really incredible company called Mellet. So canned watermelon company or canned watermelon water. And, um, I basically serve as their fractional CMO and I have learned leaps and bounds of what it takes to work with sales and work with distributors and work with retail. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because, you know, me and the founder had such different views of marketing and, it was really interesting to see his sales skill set and the way that he was able to grow and scale this company in a way that I've never seen a founder do. And for me to now alter and even learn more about my expert skill set because of that. And I think when you talk about talking with clients, it's really interesting because these entrepreneurs, they have their own, you know, special skill set. They have their own thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's sometimes they say no, or sometimes they say, you know, this prescription isn't working because they don't have the shared skill set that me and you have. Right. Right. So thousand percent, I think when we went and launched get super, it was like, this is what made sense to me. This is the way that I approached it being the entrepreneur that has the marketing background and it worked. Mm -hmm. Now, if we looked at Mela completely different approach, but it still worked. So it's, it's funny when, it's just a whole learning curve. Right. And I think that's also too, why I love the marketing landscape and probably same with you with copywriting, where it's like each day we're getting introduced to new clients and new experts, and they're cultivating and sharpening our own tools and our own skill sets by introducing kind of new strategies of how to approach these things. And I love that. Completely. Well, and what's so interesting is that that is the prescription. The secret sauce is that there is no one way to do it right? Like you can come to somebody for like, let's just say graphic design, right? But they're not going to give everyone the same logo that would completely defeat the purpose of being a good graphic designer. So that's such a great point that you're making of like, there is a line there, or there is a balance rather of trusting someone who has a skill set and who knows better than you how to get to where you want to go. And at the same time, continually checking in and being like, is this working for me? Does this feel like I'm on the path that I want to be on? That's so, yeah. so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go. So, you know, I'm a mental health junkie. Uh, I would love if you're comfortable to talk about yeah. 
your anxiety and depression diagnosis because same, same. And I feel like there is such a um, supportive community of creative entrepreneurial type people who all have symptoms of anxiety and depression. And I find it fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating that the people who give the most unique gifts in the world often have this in common. So if you feel comfortable sharing, I'd love to know how you arrived at that. What changed for you after that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny because one of my best friends um, struggles with bipolar disorder. And so I learned so much about my own mental health, just being her friend. And it was a lot of what she was recommending to me. I started actively taking up, you know, and taking on like therapy, um, you know, mindset coaching, really understanding my moods and what I'm walking through and my mindset shifts. And I think, I think that we, a lot of entrepreneurs share this because it's such a lonely journey and because there is so much insane pressure and responsibility. And that also caveats with the fact that if you're from what we've seen in entrepreneurs, I know it's everyone's different, but there's already this huge ambitious kind of energy that lives inside of an entrepreneur of like, I want to go out there. I want to make this happen. I'm going to go do it, which is also kind of followed up by the intense being hard on yourself or feeling like you're not gonna be able to make this dream happen. So in 2020, I was like officially diagnosed after speaking with like my therapist and everything. It's kind of been I started really noticing it probably when I was in college and it was around just severe stress of working and, you know, school and things like that. And I never realized how I was also like manifesting this anxiety and like how I was handling it. And the truth is I was handling it by launching myself even further into the work that I was doing. Very common. Uh, Yeah. And which is not always the best way. I mean, you, you face burnout, you face exhaustion, you face, you know, a a lot of different things. So I think when I had received that diagnosis, it was like, yes, this makes sense. Um, at that time I was even contemplating, like, do I still want to be an entrepreneur? Like, do I need to like really fix my health? Like, what should I be doing? And, you know, it was coupled with the fact that the agency was not doing great. We were having a really hard time And we were also kind of moving into this new era of business and 2020 was just such an interesting landscape and we all grew, but it was, yeah, I mean, I think, I think a part of me also to acquire and get super was that I was also really interested in like, okay, if I have this and, you know, this, this current career that I have is causing so much stress and so much anxiety and I'm not able to quite deal what would it look like if I moved into a different career? Mm-hmm. And also I became passionate about learning about how to better my mental health. And one of the biggest things that helped me was cannabis. It was CBD. It was, you know, really exploring what caffeine looked like and what alcohol looked like in my life and the way I was feeding myself and taking care of my sleep and taking care of my, you know, negative thinking patterns and things like that. So a lot of it was just a huge journey. And 
I think, again, we see that in a lot of entrepreneurs because there's so many similar steps in entrepreneurship that pushes us and tests our character and tests that, tests that fire inside of us. And so naturally there's a lot of symptoms and results that lead us to feeling incredibly anxious and feeling incredibly depressed. And I think, you know, that's also our goal as entrepreneurs to start really opening up that conversation and making everyone feel, you know, less alone. Oh my gosh. Thank you for, that was all so well said. I'm sort of blown away. Like what a mic drop moment. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also just like a holistic. Yes. <laughs> like, I think that, um, there's an aspect of entrepreneurship where that I recognized in my own therapy that was really similar to, I left a career in acting to do this, to do what I'm doing now. And I'm so much happier now than I was as an actor. But at the same time, there is this um, through line where you, you, your heart, your, your projects, your babies, your like everything that makes you, you, in some ways is your business and it is what makes you successful or not. And it's very muddy. It's very, very difficult to, as an entrepreneur, remember that while you want to show up as your authentic self in your business, you, your core yourself are not your business, right? Like show up as yourself. Yes. But the success of your business, especially the monetary success of your business does not determine your worthiness as a human being or whether you deserve rest, right. Or whether you deserve that holistic look at everything you listed, my God, your sleep, your health, your thought process, like everything, like we deserve that inherently as human beings, period. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And there is a danger that, or maybe not danger, a trap that we are more likely to fall in as entrepreneurs of going down that road of something in my business isn't working. So I'm going to overwork myself trying to fix it. Yes. Which of course leads to burnout, anxiety, depression, pick your poison. It's a smorgasbord. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I I think too, that's like, that's the other thing with mental health awareness. And I feel like the last couple of years, you know, there's been so much more around it, but, you know, being an entrepreneur and let's just say you don't, you're not, you don't know what burnout is. You're not able to recognize it or same thing with, you know, your anxiety or depression. You can be walking through, which is a lot of like what I went through and being like, why am I like this? Like, why do I feel this way? Maybe I'm not good at entrepreneurship. Maybe I'm not cut out to do that. And it's like, that's not true. I mean, I remember talking to someone and I'll never forget. I was like freaking out and like venting to them. And they were like, you know what? Maybe this is just not your thing. Like, maybe you're just not cut out to be an entrepreneur. And like, that's okay. And I remember thinking, like, I remember hearing that and thinking and like being like, oh my God, like maybe they're right. And now that I've looked back and when I was, you know, it was like my second year of business, I was bootstrapping everything. I didn't know how to handle employees. I didn't know how to handle clients. And I wish I would have just had someone been tell me like, no, you're learning. And this is a really hard process. And like, 
you're going to be, you know, you're going to be molded by fire until you come out stronger. And like, yeah, if you don't want to do this, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with having a successful career and not being an entrepreneur. In fact, it's honestly a lot more cushier, but, but if that's not what you want and your passion and your vision is so much bigger than that, that's your why. And that's what keeps moving you through it. So again, hindsight's always 2020, right? But when we look back at those moments, it's like, well, gosh, I wish I would have been in therapy or gosh, I wish I would have had a really strong business mentor or coach that was able to guide me through these conversations or these feelings that I'm having. But it's never, you know, it's never just it is what it is, or you're bad at this, or it's, it's always a choice. And it's always a choice that you get to choose on. It's just whether or not you're aware of what's going on inside you or not. Completely. And I also want to say that it can change at any given point. Like sometimes when you're, when you were speaking, I sort of was reminded of how I felt. I, I quit a pretty toxic job last year in October. And I, what I felt so much shame about it, but I also, cause I felt like I had failed, but I also felt so much excitement mm-hmm. to not be in that burnout place anymore, but it was very confusing. And I had that same thought of like, what's wrong with me? What memo did everybody else in the world get where they're okay at a desk job? And it makes me crazy. Like mm-hmm. that it it's very isolating. You feel very alone. And, um, It also was a time where it was coming off of a time where that job, when I first took it, it was such a relief because I'd been hustling for a couple of years, building my own thing. And I needed that stability and I needed that, your word, cushier existence to give me more financial freedom, give me health insurance. We live in a capitalistic society. It's just how we are. And it gave me a couple of years during the pandemic where it was something that I didn't have to stress out about money. Yeah, absolutely. And that was okay. And then when it became not okay, I changed course and came back to my creative entrepreneurial journey from a healthier place. So I guess I want to say all that to say, like, give yourself permission to puddle jump if you need to. Like sometimes it needs to be a side hustle and sometimes it's okay if it's a full-time thing, like it can change. It can change at any given point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think also too, like, that's the other misconception is like, you know, we're also, I feel like we're living through like the end of it, but like, you know, the last 10 years were the whole girl boss era. Everything was glamorized and like, you know, be your own CEO and like, you know, girl boss and like all these things. And then it was just glamorized into this, like kind of everyone could have their own business they want. And I think everyone still can, but I think that also too, there was such a large part of like, there was the lack of the grit. There was the lack of the business education. There was a lack of what it truly means to be a solopreneur, a freelancer or an entrepreneur, whatever it is. Like there was all of these things that were left out where people did feel, let's just say like they started something and they went back to their job or they wanted more of that stability. And then they felt shame. Totally. And that is so the wrong approach to any of it. And I think also too, like if we're being straight, like 
being an entrepreneur is a career choice. It is not exactly what you said, like who you are in your core and your identity. And I think I, you know, like it's hard because I do identify as like an entrepreneur and it's what I am in my career path. But I also think that there's so many more other things that make up Whitney and Mm -hmm. same thing with you. There's so many other things that make up Kelsey. So I think that when we see that, like, again, there is, there's nothing wrong with either path that you choose. And it's the same thing too, I guess. I also equate this to like failing businesses. Like there's nothing wrong if a business is failing. It's just not working. And it, you you will learn twofold from failing your first business than, you know, having a successful business right out of the gate that returns like crazy. And it's funny because we had, we had this really interesting idea for a business within our family business that also kind of worked within this other idea I had. And we did it for about six months and it failed miserably. And then we like shut it down and we moved on and we're like, okay, great. We'll never do this again. And it also (laughs) taught me, it also taught me like so much just about you know, myself and who I am as an entrepreneur and also to what I want to be doing. So I think on either side, if you go into entrepreneurship or you leave entrepreneurship, you're also learning what you want to do. And you're also learning your own non-negotiables of what you want your life to look like. Yeah. In any given chapter of your life, right? Like I have this friend, really close friend of mine who exactly what you said, like full hashtag girl boss, um, like also can we just have you ever heard gentleman boss boy boss no (laughs) like it's such a misogynistic term it drives me crazy and I just can't move forward without acknowledging how much it boils my blood um so so there uh (laughs) um so that said she was very much in that like i'm going to build a brand and um she's really creative and she's she's really a go getter and she always had like three businesses at once like very 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 much identified as an entrepreneur girl boss person and then she got married and she now has a 1 year old child and her life looks wildly different than yeah. what it did five years ago. And she continues to struggle with the identity piece of like, well, if I'm not running three businesses, am I still a worthy person if this year I need to just be a mom? And I think women in particular (laughs) are forced to choose so much. We're Mm -hmm. we're forced to make so many choices um, that don't come from within us. They come from the outside. Uh, society. Yes, society and like the way that life, the seasons of life, like the different chapters of life. Um, and just some of it, I, I'm particularly thinking about kids because it truly does like take over your body. Like your body's not your own for a while. And there is not a lot of support for uh, women who are experiencing burnout and not really knowing which direction to go. And so to those people, I say like as much as you can do to alleviate any sort of shame feelings, like that's the core of the work, I think. And only when we address that stuff, can we then come back to 
the creative projects that we want to do, the businesses that we want to do, those career choices, as Whitney said. So that's that about that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you on so many of those levels. Yeah. I, so we've talked about sort of where we came from, the different things, like being able to balance the different things that you've going on right now. I would love to know what 2023 looks like for you because we're recording this January 3rd, 2023. I have like a weird love hate with new year resolution things. Um, so, but I do think it's so important to take stock and the beginning of a new year, it's just inevitable. Like you feel an urge to take stock of the last year and look forward. So what does, what does that mean to you? What does mapping out your 2023 look like to you? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I, you know, this time last year and compared to where I'm at today, we're so vastly different. Last year I had my entire year planned in accordance. I had revenue marks. I had monthly KPIs. I had everything. I had my whole life planned out. And one of the things that I'm walking through right now this year is that there's just been such a shift in what's important to me and where I want to be spending my time and also like the next move for me. And it is requiring a lot of surrender when it comes to that planning. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just having these really, really intense goals. It's really kind of opening myself up to what are my desires and where I want to, where do I want to be? So it's, funny that you bring this up because I literally just did a whole spiel on TikTok about it. But one of the things that I'm doing this year that's very different is instead of writing out these crazy harsh resolution and goals for 2023 and hoping to keep them for the entire year, I'm writing out all of the things that I desire, whether it's like big or small, like you know, do I want to be a Forbes 30 under 30 nominee? Do I want to make X amount in income? Do I want to invest in brands? Do I want to like, I literally wrote down, I was like, I want to learn how to bake sourdough bread. Like I wrote out, <laughs> I, love all, it. I wrote down all of my desires, big or small. And then I wrote a one action item to help me to achieve that goal. And then what I did inside of notion, cause I'm a crazy planner. And as much as I'm trying to surrender, I still need to be visual and have surrender to the plan. Yeah, exactly. I actually wrote out this really cool notion template where every single quarter I sit down and I look at the goals that I wrote in 2023 and the action items. And then I look at whatever, what other opportunities are coming in, what other things are coming in. Is there a new job opportunity? Is there a new client opportunity? Is there a new investment opportunity? Do I actually realize that I can't stand what I'm doing and I want to change and blow up my entire life? Mm. And the reason why I'm doing that and doing this kind of now evaluation of here's my goals and my desires, but I'm also allowing there to be freedom and space and to allow new things to come in is because last year I had such rigorous goals for myself and such crazy, crazy standards that I was holding myself to that I was beating myself up for not being able to achieve any of these. And it's because there was so much opportunity coming in last year that I was having to either let go of a goal or let go of an opportunity to make both live in the same world. And it just wasn't fulfilling. 
And I was like, why am I holding myself to this insane expectation and standard when I could get like, just like you, like I could get a kick-ass job opportunity. That's a dream job and a dream salary or dream benefits or whatever I want and be able to walk away or you know, what if I want to sell my company, but I haven't hit my year end revenue goal and someone really wants to acquire the company or, you know, what if I get this dream vacation, but you know what? I told myself I was going to work X amount of days. Like it just didn't, it wasn't making sense for me. So it's funny because I have it all listed out on my TikTok, and I'm, I'm really starting to talk about it more and more because I think as, you know, not even entrepreneurs, but people that are just wanting to create the life of their dreams there's so many ways that we can really expand the opportunities and really look at how we can create this life without beating ourselves up or holding these unrealistic expectations for ourselves around the new year. Like you get to have those goals and you get to be excited, but you also get to look at what are the other opportunities? Because it's not doesn't make any logical sense to set new year's resolutions and hold them for the whole year when your life is comprised of so much more than just what's happening from December to January. Brava. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. On Speak into, all my, of that. into my chaotic mind. <laughs> no, it, but that's the thing is, you know, when I was healing from deep burnout, I started really exploring like, what does burnout mean? Because it's such a buzzword, right? It's such yeah. a buzzword. We hear, we've heard it so much, especially post pandemic, the great resignation all of that. Burnout is the word of 2022. So I was like, eh, I, when that happens, my like, you know, overachiever analytical hackles go up and I push my imaginary glasses up my nose and I go, do I, am I really burnt out? Like, let's explore, let's, let's analyze. And I read this book called Burnout, um, The Secret to Closing the Stress Cycle by Dr. Emily Nagowski and her sister, I believe also Dr. Amelia Nagowski. Incredible book. Everyone should read it. Don't care who you are. Don't care what your job looks like. Read this effing book yesterday. It's so good. And one of the things that like, I, I literally had to close the book and like take a walk was how we don't allow ourselves negative space to uh, to even start to not even think about what's next or think about what we do or don't want or surrendering or whatever, but truly giving ourselves actual rest without filling the silence. That is so difficult, not just for me, but for so many people I know how, when was the last time you allowed yourself to get bored, truly bored? Like, shutting off from social, shutting off from Netflix, truly getting bored. And that is like the antidote to inflexible goals, burnout, overachiever syndrome, um, codependency. Like how can we, this is my 2023 thing. How can I build in, as Whitney said, space for surrender space, empty space to actually let myself feel the effects of the choices I've been making in my life and my business Mm -hmm. so that I can continue to make better choices. Yeah. I, it's so funny that you bring that up. Number one, I love that. 
Number two, I just did something very similar. I like took off more days than I've ever taken off in my entire life in the month of December. Like I, like there was just so much time off and it was, I started listening. There's this really cool app called, um, let me, I want to reference this because it's, yeah, please. I oh, love please. reading and it's like a spark notes for all the books that you want to read. And there's so many business books that sometimes I feel like I can't absorb all the information. I don't have enough time or I'm not, I'm not able to sit down and absorb what I want to and actually learn, yeah. but it's called headway. headway. And it's a, yes. And it's a spark note based listening audiobook app that you can also read where it takes out the the main synopsis messages of all these books and then gives it to you in a really condensed way. It's fabulous. That for business books in particular is gold because I often am like, just tell me what to do. Like, I don't need to <laughs> like yeah. bless you, Mark Manson, but I don't need to know everything. Yeah. In you know, like and there's a lot of there's a lot of storytelling in business books too, right? Where I think again, this kind of it kind of trims the fat because there's a lot of books that I want to read, and there's a lot yeah. of back up. There's a lot of books I want to read. There's a lot of books I want to absorb. The books that I don't want to absorb and I want to know what they're about, I use this app for. So anyway, so I listen to this called Deep Work, and it's basically talking about the difference between multitasking. And having these kind of shallow work habits versus a very, very deep, designated, very entrenched approach to working. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love the most was that they talk about boredom and they talk about how, again, we don't give ourselves enough time to get bored. And a lot of times we feel we need to, we need to have this, we need to feel productive so we intermix all this shallow work while we're trying to have this deep work mm-hmm. and it distracts us and we're not able to really give everything that we can. So for example, if we're me and you are trying to come up with a brand, a whole new brand, or we're trying to vision out what next year looks like, but it, meanwhile, we're jumping on calls and we're checking our email every five minutes and where, you know, our Slack notifications are on and we're not able to fully entrench ourselves into this deep work. It's going to number one, take us twice as long, but number two, it's not, our brains are going to be able to get there. So I think again, with like burnout and what I did this last month is that I started realizing I was so burnt out. I was so exhausted. I was so tired. All these things were happening. And I was like, I don't even want to touch anything. And this is terrible. And I know where I'm at burnout wise. And so I just stayed at home and I canceled my calendar and schedule. And I like was baking Christmas cookies. And like, I literally just let myself be in the most bored state and the amount of like downloads and creativity that came after like the second week of doing that was like, I could fix the entire, I could solve world hunger. Like just, just from like, just from giving myself a break. So I, I totally agree with you and it's absolutely necessary. And again, the entrepreneur in us is like, but we can get through it. And it's, that's not always the best result. Why do you think we do that to ourselves? Like, why do you, do you think it's a fear of what will come forward if we're not distracting ourselves? Like, what are we, 
Is it a combination of the of society's expectations and like our world where everything's digitized and and notifications and social and what is that? What do you, what do you think that is? Yeah, I I kind of I did a podcast actually on my own burnout and what I was going through and it was also supported by, you know, a lot of what I was sharing was actually supported by my mental mindset coach and then also my therapist, but it a thousand percent is fear. It is the fear of not being productive, of not being successful, of your ego and your body actually wanting to step in to protect you. A lot of it's similar to anxiety, right? Like we react or we act upon impulse of our anxiety because our body is telling us that we're unsafe and we're unable to look at our body and our nervous system and put them back into a place of being safe and feeling supported and feeling like everything's going to be okay. Same thing happens when we're in work and it's that feeling of, well, if I, if I stop working, I'm going to miss out. And what if I don't make revenue this month? And what happens if, you know, God forbid I lose a client and those are all real fears. And those are all logical things that could happen. But the other side of this is that Sometimes you have to slow down in order to fix the, fix the problem. It's kind of like when you're, <laughs> instead of like plug, plug, plugging the hole in the boat that's sinking, you're just barreling water out. Mm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't always fix the problem. I love that so, image. Yeah. And I, I, again, it's, it is fear and you're allowed to be afraid and you're allowed to feel those things, but you also have to lean into the fact of like, this is where we're at. We're accepting this. I know I will be okay. You're going to come up with a game plan. You're going to figure it out, but you need to take that pause and that breath and figure out where you're at first. Love that. Well, I think we've solved burnout for the entire world. And uh, thanks for being here, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I speak to it because I've been through it. Yes. Uh, yes. I know. I was, um, I was laughing with my best friend the other day. I was like the amount of cheesy quotes that I have written down and like put taped in my office, like you got to go through it to grow through it. And like, it makes me cringe. And then I'm like, but it's true. <laughs> I know as cheesy as they are, they have, they have a lot of truth to them. They sure do. Well, Whitney, this has been so helpful, so delightful, certainly made me feel less alone. And I know it's going to make lots of people listening feel less alone. So thank you for bravely sharing your truth and your wisdom. And where can people continue to find that wisdom from you? Where should they go to hang out with you on the interwebs? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Please come follow me in my personal journey, just at Whitney Eckes. And then you guys will also be able to find and learn more about the podcast, which is under the influence podcast. Um, you guys can also find get super through all my, basically my link in bio is our home site for all the things. So just come find me on social media and you'll, you'll be able to access whatever you need. I love it. That's perfect. Thank you again, Whitney. And thank you to everybody for being a part of this one. Take care and happy 2023. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.